pre- president about what's going to happen with this USIP mandatory? Yeah, I spoke to Paco Valcazar um, actually uh, about an hour ago. Um, get on very well with Paco. Now, they're in a difficult position because obviously they're desperate to be a part of this fight, but they also have an obligation to Alexander Usyk that he is mandatory. So in an ideal world for the WBO, um, he would, you know, in some way, Usyk needs to be happy with the resolution and the situation. So, but at the same time, you know, I said that if there was no belts on the line in this fight, it would still take place and it would still be the biggest fight in boxing. Um, So, you know, it's a tough one for Paco because he really wants to be a part of it, but you can't just ignore people's mandatory obligations at the same time. So myself, Bob, Alex Krasuk, Igis Klimas, you know, all the parties involved, Alexander Usyk, will have to come up with some kind of solution that would keep him happy or vacate the belt. Thank you. J.R. Bell next, please. Hello there, Eddie. Um, Just uh, talking about our last conversation before the Jacobs fight where we were talking about the events that you were putting up. Um, I had to just uh, ask this question. How relieved would you be after December 20th, after all of the events that you put up this year are done? Well, I think um, the answer is very relieved, but it's really because of the close that we've had. You know, we've had so many fights, so many great fights, so many, I mean, there's been a couple of average fights thrown in there as well. You can't predict what's going to happen in the ring, but the, the finish to the year is always very important. And so is the start to the year. And I feel like we've not finished as strong as this in any year I've been promoting boxing, you know, with AJ against Pulev, with Gennady against Zerometa, and then Canelo against Smith, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, it really is, you know, a a tribute to uh, the work of Matchroom and the team that we have on both sides of the Atlantic and also our broadcast partners as well. You know, DAZN, I love the fact that, you know, what was it, probably four months ago, all these guys sitting at home, you know, these these hardcore fans that want to talk about the demise of DAZN. Apparently they're going out of business, they're pulling out of boxing, you know, and then they launch a global product and actually are more aggressive than they've ever been, you know, have a better schedule to close the year than they've ever had before. And I really feel that, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of, of the zone in the US, but when you look at the schedule that you're providing, you know, you've just had three back-to-back pay-per-views, really, over three months. You know, you had Charlo, you had um, Javonte against Santa Cruz, and you had Spence against Garcia. You're talking about 230 bucks right, for those three nights. You're about to have Anthony Joshua, Gennady Golovkin, and Canelo Alvarez across one week, you know, and for $99.99, you get an entire year on the zone. And the value for the global customer now is, is, is unbelievable. So we're really happy with how we're closing the year. We're really happy how, um, you know, how, how well we've worked in the environment. It's been very, very difficult, very challenging, but also very re- rewarding. And of course, you know, there's so much more drama to come this weekend. Gennady is in his record-breaking defence. You know, he has a tough undefeated challenger in Zerometa. And of course, the day after is Canelo against Callum Smith. And obviously, everybody's looking towards the two winners of those fights. I'm a little bit biased because obviously Callum Smith's my guy. 
Um, but I know from a design perspective, the reason they're putting these two together, uh, you know, on the same weekend is to build to that third mega fight. Thank you. Hans, next, please. Hey, Eddie, how you doing, man? Good, Hans. Um, so, yeah, I just want to ask you straight up, man. Um, do you believe that Triple G is still the best 160-pounder in the world? Or do you kind of have somebody like a Jamal Charlo? Um, I guess you could throw Canelo in there. Um, but, yeah, do you still have Triple G as the number one in the world? Or is it kind of a toss-up? I mean, like, who do you have? I, I kind of think that we're, you know, boxing fans, of which I'm one of them. We're very dismissive, aren't we, after even anything that's not a grade-A performance and, you know, it, it, we start questioning people. I mean, Gennady Golovkin had two tremendous fights with Canelo Alvarez, you know, two fights that a lot of people thought that he won. Some people thought that Canelo won. You know, some people thought it was a draw, but unquestionably, they were tremendous fights. You know, he came back uh, with, with a relatively straightforward fight against Steve Jobs. Um, not Steve Jobs, there's the guy from... Steve Rose. Steve Rose. Yeah, I was going to say, don't want to fight Steve Jobs. I mean, that would be expensive. Um, you know, and against Steve Rose. And from there, you know, he had what was can only be described again as a tremendous fight with, uh, with Derevenchenko. And it was only because the Derevenchenko fight was close that people start questioning now, okay, you know, is Gennady at the latter end of his career? I think no. You know, I think he was going through a little bit of a transitional period with Jonathan Banks as well. Um, I do expect him to put in a, a destructive uh, display against against Zerometa. I believe he's going to win the fight by knockout. And I think he's extremely motivated to go on and, and fight anybody. I mean, you know, the pleasure of working with Gennady Golovkin is he'll never turn his back down at an opportunity or a challenge. And I think when you look at the division at the moment, you know, you know how highly I think of Demetrius Andre. You know, he needs that that standout fight. Charlo is a great champion as well. And then you've got Gennady Golovkin. You know, you've got other guys in the mix as well. Jaime Munguia. But I think that with Gennady, Gennady, and I will say this as well, you know, I know that he's laser-focused on this weekend. And when, when, we, when he does join us, he don't want to talk about Canelo Alvarez, you know, and... I want to want to try and avoid those questions if possible because the same as Anthony Joshua last week. Of course, I will tell you, in my opinion, the ultimate challenge that he wants to accept next, I believe, is is Canelo Alvarez. But he's just focused on Zerometa. I believe his resume, you know, stands as the best middleweight in the world right now. And by the way, he will fight Charlo, he will fight Mungia, and he will fight Andrade. Andrade. Um, if the Canelo Alvarez fight doesn't present himself itself. But a lot has got to happen this weekend for that to be the case. But, you know, pound for pound, you have to say, I think he's still the most exciting fighter on the planet. Um, okay, just just want to quickly follow that up. Um, <clears throat> that's a great answer. But, and I, I know he does have the best resume at 160 pounds. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like when, when people talk about Pacquiao. Pacquiao has the best resume at 147 pounds, but they don't really consider him the best. But do you believe that he's the best at 160 pounds? I don't really want to twist your arm or nothing like that, you know. But yes, I would, I, would, I would say with everything that he's achieved, with his resume, with his performances, I would have to say yes. You know, again, you know how highly I rate Demetrius Andre. And not for no thought of Demetrius's, he hasn't been able to get the standout marquee names on his resume to maybe say that I am on paper the number one middleweight in the world. So, you know, whilst he may be, 
you have to say that with everything Gennady's achieved, with everything he's shown, and the ability that I still think he has, yes, you have to put him as the number one 160-pounder in the world. And just my last thing for you, um, you said if he doesn't get the Canelo fight, you will fight um, Charlo, Andrade, um, stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of people believe that he probably will get the Canelo fight, uh, most likely anyways, don't really know. But, you know, win or lose, if he does get that fight, he typically fights twice a year. Um, let's say he fights Canelo, he beats him, loses, whatever. Is, he, is the angle still going to be to fight either Charlo or Andrade? Because that is, you know, that's the fight. Yeah, I mean, I think um, with Canelo Alvarez if he beats Callum Smith, you don't know where the weight division lays. I don't personally see Canelo Alvarez coming back to 160. So, you know, would, would Triple G move to 168 to fight him? I mean, there's so many questions to answer. All I can tell you, honestly, is that, you know, there's a list of fighters that I know he wants to fight. And, you know, they do include all the names that you've suggested, but he's got to get through Friday night first. And then, you know, for me, I'm hoping for a Callum Smith victory. If that doesn't happen, you know that every every broadcaster that, that would be working with them and, and certainly DAZN and the fans would push for number three first. And then what happens after that, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Danny, uh, Flexon next, please. Hey, Eddie. How you doing? You all right, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, what impressed you the most about AJ's performance at the weekend and where do you see his stylistic advantages over Fury should that fight get made next? I just think he's really learning and becoming clever, uh, adapting to the opponent that's in front of him. You know, you saw in the Ruiz uh, 2 fight that he adapted an approach that was absolutely perfect to deal with Andy Ruiz. On Saturday, he adapted an approach that was very, very effective to beat Kubrat Pulev. I think it's mad that people... You know, oh, he could have, you know, he could have made it easier and just gone out there like a wrecking ball and destroyed him in the fourth or fifth round. He's like, yeah, but he also boxed his ear holes off and took his time, broke him down and, and battered him, you know, and, and, and produced one of the sensational knockouts of the year. So you can't really win, you know. Oh, I suppose someone said he looked a bit vulnerable in there. I mean, he got hit twice, I think, in the whole fight. And he's also, people are saying, oh, He's stuck between styles. He's not stuck between styles. He's just realised how to become a very effective heavyweight. You know, before the fight, oh, do you think he'll still be as exciting? Ask anyone in that arena or watched on TV, was that exciting? You know, when he lets his hands go, when he realises he has a fight to hurt, he is one of the best fighters in the world to watch. And he's becoming a fantastic heavyweight. Great variation with a jab, great feet. He can lock you up on the inside. He can beat you up on the inside. He can box you at range. And he hasn't boxed for a year. So I thought it was an outstanding performance, to be honest with you. He got a very, very motivated Kubrat Pulev. You saw how tough he was. So I think his style will adapt to what's in front of him. I do think against Tyson Fury, he'll be more aggressive because I don't think you want to fiddle around with Tyson Fury and let him play his game of, you know, pouring you and frustrating you. He's got to use his physical attributes in that fight. He's got to get on the inside and he's got to try and beat him up. And he's got to land some of the shots that he landed on Kubrat Pulev. So... I just think that it's not really a style that he's adapting now. He's just using the most efficient way to beat what's in front of him. And, you know, if that means going in like a wrecking ball against Tyson Fury, he will do that. But people are still, un people are still uh, disregarding his boxing ability. You know, we saw it against Andy Ruiz. We saw it again against Kubrat Pulev. He's not really getting the, the credit for that, I think, you know, but... I thought it was a great performance. I thought it was a really well-rounded, mature performance. 
that was a bit of everything. Thanks, Eddie. Okay, unfortunately, we're going to have to bring um, Gennady's call time a bit earlier now. Um, so we're going to get Eddie to introduce Gennady um, uh, right now, actually, Eddie. So if you could go ahead and do that, please. He's just had to um, bring his his section of the call uh, forward, I'm afraid, guys. Okay, and uh, as we're going to see him pop up on our screens, I presume... Uh, as I said, this Friday night. Hello, Gennady. Hi, Eddie. How are you? Hi, Eddie. I'm good. Good, good, well, good. Look well. forward to seeing you. Uh, I fly tomorrow, so I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And, Sounds good. Uh, looking forward to a very important night this Friday live on the zone. Gennady Golovkin will make the 21st record-breaking defence of his middleweight world championship against Zerometa, undefeated Polish mandatory challenger at the Hard Rock in Florida. Very, very excited. And um, we're going to pass to the floor for a few questions shortly. But firstly, Gennady, you look in great shape. You're like you're like uh, Benjamin Button. You look younger all, every time I see you. <laughs> you know, uh, you look great, feeling good, had a good camp. And I feel great. Guys, we're going to go to the floor for questions, please. It's not working. Pardon me, sorry, Mar uh, Marshall with the first question, please. Hey, Gennady, how are you doing? <laughs> so, so with the COVID restrictions and everywhere and all over the place, how was camp for you? Was it easy to get sparring? How, how was that for you? Can I speak Russian, yeah? Yes, please. Well, in principle... Было достаточно много времени адаптироваться к COVID, то есть к такому событию, что происходит в этом году. И, в принципе, благодаря своей команде мы смогли найти себе и тренировочный кемп, пройти его успешно. И благодаря тем людям, кто меня поддерживает, мы смогли хорошо подготовиться. Um... Um, yes, indeed. Uh, but we had enough time to adapt uh, to the COVID situation this year. And uh, thanks to my team, uh, we were able to organize the training camp and uh, get ready for the fight. Okay. And and being prepared for the fight, did, did, did he have to do anything special in preparation for this opponent in, in sparring? Or is just general? В принципе, да, в принципе, готовились по-общему. Опять же, немножко работали больше над различными спектрами, над другими. Ну, работа, в принципе, была всегда такая трудовая, сильная, умная. Так что я себя чувствую великолепно. Думаю, что мы готовы хорошо. Yes, it was more of a general training. And at the same time, I tried to broaden my scope. And uh, an, a special emphasis was uh, made on power training. And I feel that uh, I'm ready uh, for this fight. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you, Marshall. Uh, Dan Raphael, please. Oh, thank you very much, Anthony. Hello, everybody. Eddie, good to see you. Gennady, it's nice to talk to you. How have you been? Glad to, uh, glad to be on here with you. Um, my question for you is, this fight against uh, Zermeda has been a long time coming for you. I know it was supposed to be 
back in the spring. And I just wondered if you could describe if there's been any frustration in getting to the point where you knew you had a date and everything was set because there was a long period of time where I know your team was working hard with the zone and with Eddie to try to get this situated um, while they were also ironing out the remainder of their calendar. Ну да, с каждым, с каждым приближением к бою все больше и больше начинало вериться в то, что действительно этот бой случится. Действительно этот бой хотелось и ожидалось с начала года, так что все это тянулось, затянулось, а много было вещей, которые нам не давали сделать этот бой. Я рад тому, что этот бой действительно будет и он пройдет в эту пятницу. Я хочу поблагодарить всех и Мальшума, и Дозон за организацию этого боя, что мы сейчас все готовы. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, but um, when we, uh, as we approached to this fight, the more faith I had that this fight will indeed take place. Uh, of course, I would want, would have wanted for this high, for this fight to take place uh, in the beginning of this uh, year but uh i would like to use this opportunity to thank everyone involved matchroom the zone uh my team uh to make this possible and i'm really happy that uh indeed this coming friday this fight will take place can i just uh, ask one follow-up anthony if that's okay fire away and I, i know gennady that you're very happy that it's finally set but I know there, there was, you know, on the business side, I know you're excited to be back in the ring because that's, you know, you're a championship boxer, but I know that on the business side, it was complicated. There was a lot of conversation that DAZN was trying to redo deals and change money and all that kind of stuff. Can you speak to, uh, from the businessman, Gennady Golovkin, uh, what that was like to deal with as you were trying also to prepare for a fight? Dan, I will answer that question. I know that uh, Gennady wants to focus just on, on the fight and... Uh, I think he believes that he's uh, happy with the situation and he will address everything moving forward following this weekend, but we focus on the fight on Saturday. Okay, not really an answer, but thank you. <laughs> Friday. Friday. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Dan. And uh, Ames next, please. Ames here for Boxing News TV. Gennady, you're coming up to a history-making fight. First of all, congratulations. And you've had some amazing fights along the way. What I want to know is, of the fights that could have been made but weren't because fighters avoided you, which fight did you wish was made and why? Yeah. I'm happy that you always remember that for me it's a historic fight. I think that in the future many people will understand it and understand that it's really a historic fight for medium weight. И хотелось бы его провести действительно раньше. Отвечая на ваш вопрос, я бы, наверное, сказал бы, что каждый сильный, каждый спортсмен, каждый соперник, тот, кто отклонялся от боя, был на свое, в свое время силен, был в топе и действительно чем-то выделялся. Я думаю, что все... В тот момент мне интересно противостояние было, знаете, наверное, я скажу, наверное, о Келли Павлике. Келли Павлик мне очень сильно симпатизировал в то время, когда мы все примерно начинали и восходили, ну, то есть поднимались. Я думаю, это Келли Павлик. 
Thank you very much for uh, calling this fight historic. I believe that uh, with time, people will realize that uh, this coming Friday, uh, the fight will indeed be a historic fight for the middleweight division. And uh, I should uh, also say that I wish it would have taken place earlier. Uh, answering your question, I believe that every opponent that I met uh, with was a strong opponent was at the top at the time. And uh, speaking about the boxers, I would mention Kelly Public. Uh, Kelly Public was a boxer. We were all uh, uh, were all uh, look, looking okay. for. That's it. Yeah, can you hear them? And yeah, uh, yeah um, this is uh, some something uh, that uh, we've been all uh, looking up to. So that's the bo boxer I would mention, Kelly Public. Thank you, Carlos. Next, please. Hi, Gennady. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. You know, you you mentioned this being a historic fight for your career as a middleweight champion in your opinion you know you've done just about everything that can be done in your career as a middleweight but do you personally feel that there is still some things that you feel like you can still accomplish at 160 pounds чтобы достигнуть своего желания надо победить в пятницу вечером после того как Пройдет этот бой, мы будем уже разговаривать о том, что мне стоит еще достигнуть. I have not achieved everything that I wanted to, to achieve. Uh, I first need to, to win on Friday. And after that, uh, I will start looking into other opportunities uh, and uh, other options that uh, I need to look into in order to uh, have more achievements in my career. Just a quick follow-up, you know, this is going to be obviously your first in one fight of 2020. You've been accustomed to fighting multiple times for throughout your career, especially, you know, twice a year in the last few years. Is the a goal to maybe get at least two fights in for 2021? Yeah, yeah. И многие были в такой ситуации, многие провели всего лишь по одному бою после мировой паузы. Так что я думаю, что все наладится и будет гораздо больше. Yes, I do hope uh, to have more fights uh, during the year, but uh, it's obviously uh, was caused by uh, the pandemic, and uh, I'm not the only one. Many fighters ended up in this situation when they only had just one fight during the, this year. Uh, but uh, hopefully, it's getting better, and uh, with time, uh, we'll have an opportunity. We'll have opportunities to uh, fight more. Thank you. Cynthia, next, please. Hi, Gennady. How are you? Hope all is well. Uh, Cynthia Conte, Ring, Ring TV. I know that you've been wanting to fight back home in Kazakhstan. Is that still possibly a plan 